0: James Patterson, Middle School, How I Got Lost in London. Chapter 1 Checklist Checklists of things you should bring for a transatlantic flight to London. Yourself, which in my case is me. More about me in Chapter 2. I mean, there's more about me in the whole book obviously i'm the girl the cover but chapter two is where we get the introductions out the way anyway back to the checklist on on to item two uh what else oh yes almost forgot your clothes toothpaste and stuff like that in other words the kind of stuff that your mum packs you Tighty whiteies which is white knickers socks that haven't been washed in two weeks But this is a checklist I guess you should really check your mum has packed your stuff otherwise it wouldn't be much of a checklist On second thoughts let's live dangerously and that it that's it really. Checklist of things that you probably don't need on a transatlantic flight to London, but which have come in handy anyway. Spaghetti Bolognese. Yeah, you're thinking, and you're thinking. Spaghetti Bolognese? You're thinking, what's that going to do with anything? Well, as my homeroom teacher, Mr. Rook would say, we don't MacDuff, which is something to do with Shakespeare. See, you've learned something already. Pre trip nerves. So, spaghetti bolognese, hold that thought, we'll come back to it for the time being. And you really need to know what this transatlantic flight question is involved to in me. As in R- Rafael Catch Dorin your friendly neighborhood narrator. And if you know me from middle school, the worst years of my life, and middle school, get me out of here, then hi, grab a seat. It's good to see you again. I hope you enjoyed the other books, especially the bits about me. And if you like the bits with Jean, love of my life, but why, oh why won't she love me, Mag- uh, letter Well, the good news is she's in the story too. Matter of fact, she was also on the transatlantic flight to London. And if you really hated the bits with Miller, the killer, in because he's such a bully, well, the bad news is is he is coming to tell to. He's going to the transatlantic flight to London as well. Why? Well, because this story is something that happened during my time at Hills Village Middle School, when I went on a living history trip to London. But wait, we're not in London yet. We're not even on the flight yet. Our tale begins one Saturday morning in a deserted park Lot of Hills Village School deserted apart from a coach about to take us to the airport and ten kids with backpacks on, mums and dads fussing around them and teachers saying things like, don't worry Miss Abbott, Aber- everything is taken off, Jason will be fine and yes Mr Swan, our insurance is fully up to date, there's absolutely nothing to worry about that was Miss Don Taylor, who was desperate to having the name of teenage mutant ninja Jazzle, Isn't green? Definitely isn't a teenager, and no way is a ninja. Although she may want to be a mutant, who knows? English was a long ride because she's always wanted to be in England. Mr. Rook was there too, and Mr. Dwight, the principal. Principal. They all had this weird out of school look about them. At first I couldn't work out what it was but then clicked. Then a smiley they looked happy. Mum couldn't stay, not either like the, not like the other parents. No fussing for me. My sister Georgia had a piano lesson, so Mum dropped me off and straightened my collar and gave me a kiss on the forehead and told me to be good. And that was it. Off she went. I watched my family serve down of the lot and head back into town. The last thing I saw was Georgia, or to be precise, the back of head of Georgia's head. And all of a sudden, I felt lonely, even though I was surrounded by other kids. Kids I went to school with. Whose fart smells and body odor I knew as well as my own, even with Jean Galletta there and Miller Killer them, and Dylan Stevenson and Sasha Smallbones and all the rest. Even with all those guys that I felt I watched, Mum and Georgia away was lonely, like I was already miles away from home. Lucky I had Leonardo the Silent with me. Chapter 3, lots of ambitious creatures in this bit, Leonardo is silent, it, it, it's him who draws the pictures and he's my best friend see, I'm not exactly what you call popular at school, there's a reason, I stood at the assembly point feeling lonely, it wasn't just because I was staring at the exhaust pipe of mum's SUV, is because, well, I don't have many friends. Or really, to be precise, any, again, any friends. But here's a secret, ready? Leonid, <clears throat> Leonardo, the silent, is it real? Well, I mean, he, he's real. a good imaginary friend too. See what I did there? Just that he's not real. He didn't have skin and blood and arms and a backside. He's my twin brother who died. When I was so young I never even got to be sad about it. And now I keep him around as what you call me, a special friend. He's a good f- special friend. Never lets me down, okay? Rarely lets That's me down and he always tells it like this what's more he's the other person in my life which name is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle he's not green, he's not yet a teenager and he's not a mutant but when it comes to drawing he's a ninja and if it wasn't for art and for Leo well things would be different for me I guess I find it hard the problems I have with my classmates with my teachers, with rules, with reality, I find it even harder than I already do. Anyway, back to the parking lot, back to the assembly. Here's where the story really began and in the most insolent and unexpected of ways, a way that you can never predict a million years. It began with a roll call. Trust me on this. If you go on a school trip, and especially if you go on a school trip to a forging country, you would have to put up with all a lot of roll calls. you, you get to say, hear a lot, just one word, hear, how do you get guest bunting address? Not exactly Shakespeare's speech. But the time I had to say in front of the rest of the trip, the the one time, oh, and the first time as well. That was just real cool. It sounded like a frog burping. With frog with hiccup burping. Being strangled, another frog fed up with the first frogs and the sickening. That really was better. All my problems, like if I've managed to say it right here for the first time, there may be none of what happened would have happened. <coughs> A cool Miller Killer got a big laugh on his part of my hair. He sounded like a witch. Hey! Mine had sounded like a hiccuping, burping, strangled frog, but he sounded like a witch. What I'm trying to t- say is, even though his didn't even sound like mine, he still got a laugh. Actually, I I actually broke out in a sweat when it came to my turn to say here. For the second time, but I struggled through with no major limbs lost. It wasn't great, but at least it only got suppressed. Giggles rather than unstrained go-offing. That had complained my first one. Roll on the plane. Miller Keller was doing his bit for the environment by recycling the same joke. My own hair, a masterclass in the art, and Oscar Worthy here. But it wasn't but it was late. The damage had been done at the first assembly. Why oh, why couldn't someone invent a time machine so I could go back and do it again? The next disaster came when we took our seats on the plane and Miller, a killer, ended up going next to Jean Galetta. Not even that, but he was completely wasting the opportunity. He wasn't even talking to her. I mean, if I'd been sitting next to her, well I probably won't be talking to her either. But it's not the point. The point was he was sitting next to Jean and I was sitting next to Miss tello Many of the chance of sneaky peek or R rated movie was dashed for the whole of my nine hour flight. Great. Was there no justice? Was Justin having a day off? To make matters even worse, I then sat down but forgot to take off my backpack and try to save my face. I pretended I'd deliberately sat down with my backpack on, even though my nose was virtually touching the seat in front of my spine and was about to snap. Right. I probably didn't know which had stayed that way but instead with instead I removed my backpack. So I curled my lip and said, I thought I was denying my civil rights. When in fact I wanted to hug her for sparing me to torture my backpack all the way to London, so here's the picture. But you can't see it. So don't even, yeah. My lip and sad and I thought she was denying my civil rights. When in fact I tortured my way my backpack all the way to London, and that was it. I sat fumed and while everyone else got excited about a hero duck films and looked forward to, GAH! As we took off, a journey began and I noticed two things. A, that Miller the Killer was looking a minute in my green about the girls. And B, that lunch was being served and it was spaghetti bolognese. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, whispered Leah I was. Justice May will have been having this day off, but luck was my son, because Keller had four steps. Her head was back and her mouth slightly open, and she was making a strange humming sound like a wine taster on TV. Across the aisle, Miss Melody Keller sat behind, beside me. By now, he was sitting stu- still with his eyes kind of bugging around out of his head. And he hadn't touched his food. The pleasure of vacuum packed airlines for Bolognese were well enough to him. In fact, forget about lunch, made looked like he was having trouble keeping his breakfast down. i like to say it was all Leo's idea. What happened next? So I won't. It was Leah's idea what happened next. In the pocket of the sea, in front of me, was a magazine full of fascinating features about beaches and hotel rooms. There's a card showing how to inflate your life jacket, a magazine full of duty free products. These things were zero interest to me. What I wanted was the other thing in, in the pocket. Bag that you're supposed to grab if you're feeling like you want to hurt the sick man. You know wh- what a big, it, a bit in the mission. Impossible. Mm. That Tom Q is kind of absolute into this securing. Where he needs to distill the data without setting off the alarms. Where he's sweating and stuff and he. Okay, you know the bit. That's how careful I was as I removed the sick bag from the pocket then turned away slightly. So Melody killer wouldn't see me. Not that he was likely to be watching in the end, because he was still doing the eye bugging thing and staring at the seat in front of him. Then I pulled my bolognese into it. Correction, I pulled on Donatello's bolognese into it But she wasn't going to mind Judging by the yum yum sound Yum 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 That was just a sound recorder Sorry Then I took a spoon from my lab And Called the basil. hey, Miller! And when he turned his head to look at me, I dipped the spoon into the sick bag and started to eat the bolognese. Here's something called a chain reaction. It's where the action causes a reaction and that is turned into a call co- and causes them to another reaction, and so, and so and so on and so on. It's a science thing, and we're talking about what happened in the living history gym, which is humanities, but what the heck. Is all burning back. So, listen up, class. Today, we're gonna learn about chain reactions. It begins with Miracle turning his head to see me eating bolognese from the sick bed. Only if he thinks I'm eating information. So, you get the picture. So, anyway, I must and I choose. So, this is the end of the book. I'm gonna s- read it else to The end of the chapter and I'm going to read some more tomorrow. Bye. Welcome to Thrive Kids. I'm Genesis and we'll be reading today Jamie Patterson.